Welcome to The Brian Buffini Show, where we explore the mindsets, motivation, and methodologies of success. Here's your host, Brian Buffini. Well, the top of the morning to you, and welcome to the Brian Buffini Show. Real excited for you folks today. I got a buddy of mine who uh, we go back a ways. She is awesome. Her name is Molly Fletcher. In the cutthroat world of sports agency, she was a trailblazer, and she's the female Jerry Maguire, they call her. She's been doing wonderful work for years. We've had her at a number of our events. She's come and visit us here at Buffini and Company. And we're excited today because Molly's got this brand new book out called The Energy Clock. And I love this deal. The Energy Clock is going to show you how to create true lasting balance in your life, stand tall in the face of pressure, achieve focus, flow, and freedom, and have unlimited energy for the things that matter most. Bold promises. I'm expecting (laughs) great things. Top of the morning to you, Molly. How you doing? Oh, I'm doing great, Brian. It's so good to hear your voice. Thanks for having me. Oh, great stuff. Well, I am, I'm ready to dive in here. And I feel like today, I hear this a lot. We get thousands of letters and emails every month. We get a lot of responses to our shows and events and coaching. And a lot of people are really fighting the, the fight on managing their energy, their focus, the world of social media, the latest virus, the whatever goes on, whatever big news story, whatever's going on in the election. It seems like people can get drained very quickly, and I think this is a very timely book for our time, and I'd love to kind of dive in today. What brought about you writing this book in the first place? Well, you know, I spent 20 years as a sports agent where I was around some of the best athletes and coaches in the world, and, you know, every day, all day long for for decades, and what I began to see is that the the very best ones, the, the best athletes, the ones that got to the you know, the big leagues, for example, and stayed there for years, or the best coaches or the best golfers that on the PGA or LPGA Tour that, that didn't just get there for a minute, but got there and stayed there and, and, and are in the Hall of Fame or went in, went in tournaments. They were so intentional about where they put their energy. And, and what I began to see is that their performance on the field of the court was directly related to their ability to effectively manage their energy. And then I sort of transferred now and I write books and I speak all over the the world and we have negotiation training. And so as I jumped kind of a little bit more out of that sports space into the business world, it became so clear to me that the linchpin often in in business people's lives was more time, that it wasn't energy, Mm. that they were more worried about where do they put their time and, and what meetings were they going to and what calls were they on and all of these things were sort of anchored in time and not energy. And to me, it was impacting performance. And so I thought, gosh, what if I could take some of the mindsets, the behaviors, and even a methodology that I saw great athletes and coaches use and, and lift it up and apply it into the world of business for business people to use so that they could not use time really as their central indicator, but but rather energy. Mm-hmm. And, and could that in fact increase performance? And we're seeing that it is. And like you, the letters and the emails and you know, that's why we do what we do, right? When we know that we're making change in people's lives, it's so rewarding. No, that's awesome. And so impactful. And, you know, I know you're a big fan of Jim Lair and the powerful engagement. And, and that was a very impactful book for me years ago. It seems like you've kind of taken this another notch up. And I also love the book because the book is visually beautiful. It's stimulating. It's not a dry read. 
It has pictures in it. It's glossy. It has graphs. There's all kinds of cool stuff. And I feel like the book is almost a great representation of the message in that we have to look at things differently. And I find for myself, I cannot handle the volume of demand if I just manage time. It just doesn't work. It's all about managing energy. And I've done better at that and worse at that at different times in my career. And right now, it's timely for me to take a look at because I feel like I make a couple of missteps. It's like the train derails and all the cars start piling up behind me. So <laughs> you you broke up the book into three parts, which I love format and sectionalizing of content like this. And I want to kind of go through that sequentially if we can. Um, you start off by auditing your energy. Walk me mm-hmm. through an audit. I, I've been through audits with the IRS. This sounds a little <laughs> more pleasant. Yeah, this is a little bit more pleasant than that. That's for sure. I sort of tested this before we put this in a print with a ton of friends, leaders, colleagues, coaches, clients. And what we began to see is this is a really powerful process. And so basically what we challenge people to do is to identify what increases your energy, you know, and and is meaningful to you, right? So what are those things? So I guess I would ask you that, Brian, like Mm -hmm. maybe we can just go through it right now. You're an authentic, raw guy, right? So what increases your energy in your life? Time with my wife, the kids, grandkids, you know, that's the magic there. And that's the stuff that energizes me for sure. I'm energized when I create content and I present content. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. And when I stick to those things, I tend to do well. Okay. And what are the things that like are, you know, kind of neutral for you, right? Like they just exist. I mean, they don't really get you jacked up and they don't really drain you either. They're just kind of things that yeah. are there. You well, know? I'm the chairman of a pretty good sized company, so... I, you know, I have to watch the numbers and have a few meetings and, you know, go through the mm-hmm. balance sheet stuff. And I'm good at it. It doesn't do much for me, but it doesn't particularly drain me. Yeah. So like the operational right. kind of stuff. Right. Yep. And then what are the things that are just drainers for you, right? Like that just totally like you see them on your calendar yeah. or you find yourself in those moments and you're like, oh, my gosh, stop. Well, you know, like you say, we have hundreds of employees here, and sometimes the the details start to mount. And things I used mm-hmm. to be in charge of and I, I did with a certain precision, they get handed off. Those details are not handled. So for me now, being in a situation where I have to delegate, and then when they come back with the details, it's like I feel like the guy in The Godfather, right, where he goes, every time I get out, they keep dragging me back in. Mm-hmm. You know, the person who's bringing their their challenges to me, it's one person. They don't know that there's 17 departments, you know, (laughs) they don't know that if they all come to me with their little details, that's a hundred details for the day. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's the, that's the big drainer. That's the big drainer for me. So what, you know, what we, what we lean into is sort of how can we be more intentional about having maximizers in our life? We call them Mm -hmm. the things that lift us up, right? Mm -hmm. So the things that you're creating content, right? Or, Mm -hmm. Or time with your family. And that we're really efficient with the operational things, the numbers, the things that don't necessarily lift you up, but they don't drain you, that you're really, really, that we drive efficiency mm-hmm. around those things. And then the things that, that drain our energy, how can we create some processes or maybe some more intentionality around minimizing those things in our lives, right? Like, how can we minimize those 17 one-off questions and things that come at you? Is there a way to operationalize that or get out ahead of that to minimize those? So what we drive toward is how do we, how do we make sure we call them maximizers or the green things, the things that lift us up, the orange are the things that are sort of the, the, the things we want to make efficient and, and be more efficient with. And then the red are the things we want to minimize or eliminate. And so what we do and what we have people doing 
now all over the world, it's amazing, is they have calendars, right? And so their calendars are, and this is where the time component comes in, you know, mm-hmm. they're green for the things that lift us up. So your calendar where you're writing content or with your family, those things are in green. Mm-hmm. The things that we want to be efficient with are in orange and the things that we want to be more intentional about that are maybe drainers, we want to minimize those reds and mm-hmm. get out ahead of those and be intentional about that. So for somebody like you as a leader, being intentional about ensuring that our calendar is 80% green, mm. right, at your place in your life and for people that are listening, because that's sustainable, that's the life we want to live, right? Mm-hmm. So if we can get most of our calendar, 80 plus percent in green, we're probably waking up every day and showing up, most importantly, as our best selves, mm-hmm. feeling energized, feeling focused, feeling connected, you know, inspiring others. And that can be an incredibly powerful thing. Mm-hmm. So the audit is a, a really quick and dirty way. And we take people through it in a lot more detail um, and with a little bit more systemization around it mm-hmm. uh, in the book. That's, that's powerful. So people can make the kind of change they want and really, most importantly, live a life that aligns with what matters most to them. And and you see it, Brian, and I know I certainly did in the sports spaces, when we see people who have maybe so much, but they're exhausted Mm -hmm. or they're drained, you know, or they're tired or they're not fulfilled or their personal lives are not where they want them to be. And, you know, and I was on on, on a, with a friend on a boat one day and she was sort of exhausted. She was just drained. You know, she was really just in the red. And so one of the questions that I always ask people is, what are you chasing? It's a great question. That's a great question. Yeah. What are you chasing? Yeah. Right. What are you chasing? And she goes, what are you talking about? Mm. And I said, what are you chasing? And she goes, what do you mean? And I go, well, what? You're tired. You're exhausted. You're frustrated at at home. You you don't seem to be having fun. You know, I said, what is this all for? And she goes, well, and she literally goes, well, she kind of looked at me and goes, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't know. And we sort of peeled that back and dug into it, of course. And fortunately, she's in a great place now. But, you know, that's a powerful question. What are you really chasing? Well, I I believe whatever you chase, chases you back. That's the thing about it. You know, when you you chase something, it chases you back. And so then it's like, is this the fight you want to have? And is this this the hill you want to grind on, you know? So I think you mentioned something kind of magical there, which I think is big for people, which is you said, can we spend 80% of our time in the green? And mm-hmm. so many folks, we live in a very absolute world, you know, everything's, this is all bad or this is all good, you know, you're either this or you're that. And people get into this mode where it's got to be 100% green and that's not real. That's not life. Mm-hmm. And it sets right. you up for discontent. I mean, you're living a good life. You know, you talk about if I spend 80% of my day in the things that lift me up, I'm mostly lifted up all day. That's a pretty good scene. That's that's worth getting out of bed for every day. That's worth doing the extra mile on a treadmill for, you know, doing that kind of stuff because you're you're in the game. Sure. You know, we get so many people caught up in the perfectionism and, and or the the Instagram model world we live in where everybody's right. posting a snapshot of whatever their best life is and it's just a a 5 second staged picture. You know, the fact is we can get very discontent with the fact that we're living the good life. We're actually doing good. You know, it's funny. We had a meeting. This You'll like this. Mm-hmm. We had a meeting here in the company with some executives, and we're making a list of all the things we need to work on. You know, we're, we're a pretty positive organization. You've walked through the company. You can tell there's a lot oh, of yeah. juice in the building and a lot sure. of real positive folks. But you walk out of this meeting after three hours, and it's like, here's everything that sucks about us. Well, the <laughs> next day, one of the most powerful organizations in the world had sent a delegation to come through Buffini Company, 
And these people were just blown away. And they're like, oh, my gosh, we need to learn this from you. And you, could you guys do this? Could you send a team to us for this? And I'm walking around with my brother, Dermot, who you know is the CEO. Sure. And he's like, man, we needed these guys yesterday. <laughs> we thought we sucked, you know. And it just it was like that outside perspective. Here's an organization. They're leader in the world in their field. And they came to our organization going, you guys are all that wow. in a bag of chips. But we're sitting here looking at all the cracks. And I think that happens to us in our life, right? So I yep. think this yep. audit is fantastic. It's like in sports. It's like taking a little time out, asking yep. yourself the question, what increases your energy? What lifts you up? And then this next thing, what are you chasing? I, I love that question because yep. it really sets up this next piece here, which is the second major part of your book here is seeking the important. Talk, talk to me a little bit about what that means to the whole concept of energy. Well, I, I think that, you know, it, what we see so often is people, to your point, whatever you chase, chases you back. And so, you know, and, and, and part of this came from, you know, spending a lot of time. I, I believe, you know, we only, and you know this, Brian, I mean, we live once, of course, and, and we can't do this thing again. And so making sure that we're really intentional about who we give our energy to and who we don't is key. Because what breaks my heart is when you see people that they wake up and they're not being intentional about their, their energy. And, the, and then the things that matter most to them are sort of maybe falling apart around them. And so I think it sort of goes to that question that we just talked about, which is when you talk about seeking the important, it's what are you really chasing and getting really clear on what matters most and being really intentional about saying, those are the things I'm going to put my energy toward. I, one of the things that I do a lot of times, I speak a lot and, and I'll do this exercise with people where I'll challenge them to pull back and take five little sheets of paper. And so they, they have five little sheets of paper and on it, I say, write five of the most important things in your life on, mm -hmm. on one on each little sheet of paper, right? So people are out in the audience and they take these five sheets of paper and they'll have things like, you know, family, faith, health, you know, all different things. On, on, on one little sheet of paper. And then I say, okay, cool. Now you've got the five. And, and I mean, it's powerful, right? Because you do it and people who are listening can do this right now. Mm -hmm. and, and you do it in, you know, a minute, right? Like you identify these five things. And then I challenge people and I say, okay, so look at those five. Now what I want you to do is I want you to take one away. I want you to crumple it up and get rid of it. So now you're looking at the four most important things. So that forces them to say, whoa, I'm going to get rid of, you know, pick something, right? Let it go. And then I, they look at those four, right? And then I say, okay, now let go, another one go. And I keep going until they're down to one. Ooh. And what's incredibly powerful is I say, does that one thing know that it matters the most to you? Do you mm. give that one thing enough of your energy? Mm. And the truth is, right, we live in the real world and you can have health and faith, right? Maybe those are your last two, right? right? Or you can have family health and faith. Yeah. But if those are your top three, let's say, are you intentional about giving family the time it needs or giving faith or health or whatever it might be in your life? And you can do that in all kinds of categories. I have sales teams that do that with their clients. You know, what are, the, what are your five most important relationships in your business life? And then look at those top five and say, am I putting enough energy? Am I giving those things enough energy? Do those five relationships know that they matter? most because mm -hmm. I'm giving and showing up, you know, for them. So right. I think that seeking the important is about what are you chasing? And it's about being intentional about putting energy around those things. No, and I think the counter to that, right, is that 
you know, I always joke when I speak, I did this at a media event, right? I, I often joke and say, how many people look down at your phone and you see that name on your phone and you see the name and you go, oh my God, like, you got to be kidding me. What is this person? Why are they calling me? And you, right. you see their name and you're like, you want to just hit end. You just want them to go away. Right. And so the thing I challenge people to do is think about who are the people in your life that make you feel that way? Mm-hmm. And do they deserve your energy? Right. You know, I had a client once that just wore me out. And every time the phone rang and I saw her name, it was like the blood would rush out of my body. And I just wanted to hit end because Mm -hmm. it was an impossible situation with what she believed was sort of reality and what was reality. And the amount of time and energy it was going to take was going to compromise my other relationships, my team, et cetera. And so I think it's also important to say, who are the people that when you see them on your calendar, when you look down at your phone, that really suck you dry. And mm-hmm. and the question I love to ask that Tom Izzo, one of my longtime clients, the mm-hmm. men's basketball coach at Michigan State, Tom says to his players, you better be better than your problems, mm-hmm. right? Like you better be better than your problems. In other words, you better be so darn good. Mm-hmm. You're worth putting up with. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, you better put up so many crazy sick points. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Dude, you're worth the Yeah, right. Well, and, you know, and all of us maybe have clients like that, but but maybe not. Maybe they're not worth it. No. You know, get rid of them. And you know us. I mean, we're we're all about, yeah. you know, when we're teaching people, you know, as a salesperson, you recognize we're like sort and qualify your database. A's and B's and C's and D's. And when we find someone who's reluctant to give up or reluctant to move on or reluctant to say goodbye to the client. A lot of times it's like what matters most shows up in a different way. And what matters most is approval. And I'm going to get this person's approval. And so they find themselves actually neglecting their very best customers, their very best clients to go and serve the high maintenance squeaky wheel because that person brings out insecurity in them. Oh, you can't serve me. You're not good enough. I don't trust Uh you. And so now what we have is we have the four great clients being neglected and the one jackass being fond right. over. And I, I say to at the end of it, you know, it's like I've talked about this, you know, you can double your income as fast as you grow your self-esteem. You need to grow yourself as a person because you need to find the joy in serving the great ones. You need to find your joy in serving those folks because they know other great people like them. And that jackass, they know folks just yeah. like themselves, too. And so, yeah. like you say, what, what are we giving our energy to and why? It's a yeah. big deal, you know. It's a huge deal. Yeah. Particularly in sales and business development, you know, making sure you're chasing the right business, chasing the right deals, mm-hmm. putting energy around the right relationships. I mean, I think, and I know you do too, Brian, that relationships are integral to our, our business success. I mean, right. it's everything. And so are you putting energy and investing in the right relationships? It's right. so incredibly important. Well, relationships don't do well without energy. And that's the bottom line. And it's like, Plants don't do well without water. And so we have to manage the energy so we can put the energy in the right places and then withhold it from other areas because it's going to be a drainer. This last third part of the book, I really find, uh, because we're all about methodologies here, Mm -hmm. and you have setting your energy clock. I I love the concept of this. Walk us through this because I think this is super helpful for folks listening. Yeah, for sure. So first is, is, and we walk people through this in the book, do an energy audit, right? Get really, really clear on the things that lift you up, the things that are neutral and the things that drain you. Mm-hmm. And then color code your calendar and, and make adjustments accordingly, right? Really right. color code it, make the adjustments that need to be made based on filling it up with obviously more green. Right. And then we encourage people to choose an accountability partner and share your energy audit with them, right? Mm-hmm. It can be a spouse, it can be a colleague, it can be 
a friend, but we can create some accountability for ourselves. It creates a little bit of vulnerability for you, certainly, but it's a powerful way to ensure that somebody is supporting you on this shift, of course, that you're trying to make. And then hold monthly check-ins with your accountability partner. And that's where we sort of encourage people to look in their rearview mirror with your accountability partner. Look back at your calendar. Mm -hmm. How did you do? You know, what, what is still on there that's a red? Is 50% of our calendar still red? And what changes then do we need to make to start to make some shifts? Do we need to delegate? Do we need to eliminate, mm-hmm. right? What are the things and the changes that need to be made so that we can lift that up? Because to your point, we can't lead, we can't serve, we can't solve problems if we don't have enough energy. So it's that simple four-step process. Do the audit, color code your calendar, get an accountability partner and then hold monthly check-in calls with your accountability partner. Obviously, we're singing from the same hymnal. You got a chance to walk through our coaching department, and people are looking yeah. for the magic. Like this organization come the other day, and they, okay, you have, you have 22,000 members who average 10 times the national average in production right. in the real estate business. How is this possible? And the National Association of Realtors came by, and they've, they've got 1.4 million members. And they're like, how is it you have this group of 22,000 people, which is a significant number, and they do 10 times. And it's like, they don't spend 10 times the amount of time as they come <laughs> right. we don't, You know, our clients don't get 240 hours a day. They're just not, they're not granted <laughs> that. Our clients don't get 70 days in a week. So why are they getting 10 times? And it gets back to this. Obviously, we have a systematic approach to spend the best amount of time with the best customers. But you got to bring yourself to that. And you got to bring your energy to that. Mm-hmm. And that's why mm-hmm. this content is so powerful. Education without implementation is just entertainment. It's just a show. So it's so, so doggone powerful. Let, let me ask yeah. you this. As you've watched some of the, the great athletes and the great coaches and so on and so forth, and, and you think about their energy, what strikes you the most? Like over and over again, you're 20 years at this, being around the highest achievers in sport especially, and you see them manage their energy. What, what is it that mm-hmm. just constantly comes to your mind that you remind yourself of? Well, I mean, I, I think there's a couple of things. One is they stay so curious. You know, they're mm. always curious about how can I get a little bit better? You know, how can I tweak this a little bit? And, and they just are constantly digging in and asking great questions and curious about how to get better. I mean, they're never there. Part of that is it's sort of interesting, right? For me and my perspective, the athletes that I worked with, and, and this is not sort of necessarily always the case in business, but you know, if you're a pitcher for an organization, you know the 15, 20, 30 guys behind you in the organization, and every single one of them wants your job. Right. Every single one of them. And every day you can see their stats, you can see their numbers, you can see how they're tracking toward taking your job, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And on a PGA Tour or the LPGA Tour, I mean, these golfers, they're looking at these stats, they see what other people are doing, and they know how close they are to taking their job. So, we see our competition in business, certainly, maybe, but, you know, I'm not sure it as tightly aligned no. and as closely visible as it is to athletes. So they have no choice but to wake up every day and try to get a little bit better, because if they don't, they know that there's somebody right there that's ready to take their job. So they're super, super curious. You know, they welcome feedback. You know, they anticipate incredibly well. I mean, the really good ones anticipate really well. They turn, I always say, defensiveness into curiosity, and they don't get defensive. The good ones don't when they get tough feedback. They get curious inside of those moments. Mm -hmm. So they have a high capacity, and the reason they have a high capacity is because they manage their energy really well, and they get rid of the things that don't matter 
I remember I had a kid once. He was a first-round draft pick. He's still in the big leagues. He's a total stud. His name is Jason Hayward. He plays. Oh, yeah. Now, yeah. So Hayward comes up to the office. He's right out of the gates. He's a top-round pick. He was drafted by the Atlanta Braves, and he's sitting in the office. And, of course, organizations are coming at him wanting, you know, appearances, endorsements, autograph signings, you know, all kinds of stuff, right? Just, But it's really distractions at the core. And lots of young guys like that. Yes, he signed for a lot of money, but he didn't, you know, I mean, this is all new to be able to sit and watch cartoons for an hour and sign a hundred baseball cards and right. make 10 grand, right? Yeah. Like that wasn't what his reality was in high school. So all these things are coming at him. And I'm, I'll never forget, Jason looked at me and he said, you know, Molly, well, this is what I know. I know that if I go out there my rookie season and I crush it, you know, and I hit 300 and I... And he's rattling off what he could do. He said, look, Mom, I know if I go do that and I stay healthy and I keep my head straight and I put up good numbers, all of this will be here and more later. Right. He said, so I'm going to stay focused on what I need to do as an athlete on the field. This stuff will be here in a minute. But I haven't hit a ball in the big leagues yet. Yeah. I haven't caught it. Uh, you know, I haven't caught anything. I haven't done anything yet. I'm going to focus on what matters most right now and, and put up the numbers. And then I'll lean into this later. And and that was a really powerful thing. Yeah. I, I'll never what a wise young that. man, huh? Very, very wise, very wise. So I think the best ones, they eliminate the noise. You know, yeah. I remember, you know, John Smoltz, when we went through some tough stuff, or Matt Kuchar, one of my golfers, went through tough stuff. You know, I, I would always tell my guys, don't read the, don't read the paper, don't read the news. You know, we got to stay away from the stuff that can suck us mm-hmm. empty and, and, and focus on the controllables. You know, they're good about controlling the controllables, the best ones are. Yeah, that's great. Now, so, let's shift gears a little bit here. You're a busy lady. You're in demand. You're speaking. You got this hotshot book. You got a business. You're a wife. You got three kids. We have twins. So all the people who have <laughs> twins, we have a little fraternity, right? We <laughs> empathize with one another. So what, what do you do for yourself? I mean, you're a ball of energy. You're on fire. We're kindred spirits. But what do you do to yeah. keep the tank full? Because Superwoman is, is asked to be there all the time, right? You're supposed to super mom, super wife, super speaker, super author, super businesswoman. What do you do to keep your tank full? Well, you are really sweet. You know, I think it's really important to, and, and I spent a lot of time getting really clear on what am I chasing, right? And then I wrote a purpose statement. You know, what is my real purpose in life? What do I want, you know, my 90th birthday party to look mm. like? What do I want my obituary to look like? And, and then I take everything that comes through to all these opportunities, which are blessings, and, and I filter them through that purpose statement. And I filter them through that lens of what am I really chasing? And I make sure that it aligns with what matters most. And if it doesn't, I say no. And, and so I think that's one of the most important things. If we can get really, really clear on what matters most, then what we have to have is really the discipline and the courage at times to say no to the things that don't align with what matters most. And I think that's one of the hardest things. I mean, it is hard to say no to things that 10 years ago you would have done in a right. minute, in a heartbeat. Yep. You know what I so mean? It's big. really, really hard because it's this fine line of gratitude and and sort of juggling that. Yep. But what I say to myself when I say no to something is I say, I'm saying yes to, to our three daughters oh, yeah. or yes to being at something for our girls or yes to being present for my husband or my parents or my brothers or yeah. whatever. So I think tactically what I would encourage people to do is, is get really clear on what matters most and then have the courage to say yes and no, but also be really gentle on yourself. I mean, I can't claim to have it all figured yeah. out, that's for sure. And I make mistakes and I do find myself at times where I'm exhausted or I'm drained. And what I try to do in those moments is catch them. What was the things that led to this? 
And how can I be intentional about trying to offset something like this happening in the future? How can I create maybe a system or a checks and balances or support with my team to make sure that doesn't happen again so I don't show up in this way? Because to me, it's about discipline. It's about intentionality. You know, and then tactically, I think we've got to, we anticipate well, right? And, and we're organized and all those kind of little things. But what I would encourage, particularly women that are listening, is I certainly don't have it all figured out. And, and along the way, just be gentle on yourselves because we have a lot of people that pull on us and we won't get it right all the time. But the more that we get it right, the more we show up as our best selves. Good stuff. That's all I got to say. <laughs> I love this book. I love the format. It's been a while since I've seen actually something innovative in the book world. And this is an innovative book and it looks cool. I'm kind of glad I own it. You know, it's fun to read, but it's kind of nice to own. So it's called The Energy Clock, Three Simple Steps to Create a Life Full of Energy and Live Your Best Every Day. It's awesome. Congrats. I know it's uh, already just doing great. It's sold wherever great books are sold. So I hope you guys get a copy of that. Molly, we got to do this again. We got to have some fun again. I love you. You're the best. Best regards to the fam, and it's been a pleasure having you. We'll catch you again at a time real soon. Mr. Lally is our great producer, as you know. He's the energy bunny around at Buffini and Company, and he's going <laughs> to he's gonna give the folks a little uh, instruction here today as we finish up our podcast. Over to you, Dave. Thanks again, Molly, for being with us today. Always a pleasure having you on the show. If you guys like what you heard, please leave us a review. Getting that feedback lets us know what content is resonating with you and also helps others find the show, too. One listener, or Christine 54 wrote, The podcast has given me so much inspiration and connected me with great resources to grow both myself and my business. Thanks for the feedback. We hope the show continues to help everyone who hears it grow both personally and professionally. And as I sign off today, I'll leave you with a little Irish blessing from Brian's mom, Therese. May the road rise up to meet you and may the wind always be at your back. May the rain fall soft upon your fields and the sun shine warm upon your face. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the hollow of his hand. See you next time.